Happy Halloween, everybody. Welcome to Fresh Out the Podcast. I am the board game guru and game master extraordinaire, Jahananan. <laughs> and I the devil himself! <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm the professional media and movie mastermind, the Funhouse, Drew Munhausen, and uh, this is our special Halloween weekend episode. Actually, literally right before we started recording, Jahan said, I think I'm going to howl at the beginning. It didn't give me or Gary a chance to even interject or say anything, and so it was just like, so much time. It's This is just going to happen. Don't let them lie. It happen. I discussed format heavily before these things. Uh, yeah, the uh, former uh, detective, Gary Abinger, will not be joining us as he is possessed by the devil. Uh, so. That's right! Instead, tonight you will have to deal with the devil. For the next hour and a half, you will deal with Jahan, Drew, and the devil! Oh, oh boy. Uh, do y'all usually do halloween costumes like is that customary for you as an adult or are you just are you done with them i'm not opposed to it it is fun uh halloween is one of jenny's favorite holidays uh i do like it it's just you know i haven't been much in the spirit this year uh i've been watching some spooky stuff but that's about it i'm popeye right now though Oh, 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 no. Oh, no. I like that. What Uh, what an impression. So, like, I mean, I would wear, like, a costume if I was going to, like, Renfest, right? But I live in the middle of bum-fucking-nowhere, and I'm not just going to put on a costume on Halloween night for no reason. Maybe if I was handing out candy or was in a neighborhood or something that was more populated, I would. Uh, But no, no, I'm not just going to put on a, a costume for... No reason. I'll put on a costume for any reason, though. Just, just to be clear. Yeah, my my neighborhood is growing and growing each year. So it's just because they keep it's new, and so they keep adding, you know, new houses and new families are moving in. So it's like we get a few more kids each year for Halloween. I'm not one to necessarily dress up on Halloween, but I do like my wife and I will usually set out a table outside with our bucket of candy and like, you know have our lawn chairs out there and just sit and, and watch the kids in costumes and hand out candy and just like enjoy sitting outside if the weather's nice, but I usually dress up for that. I think it's, it's part of my, as, as the media and movie mastermind, you know, I'm, I have an obsession where like, if I were to dress up as a movie character or a superhero or something, I would want the costume to be like as authentic or real looking as possible. Like I wouldn't want to just go get a cheap costume. So I decided that I want to dress as the Grinch for one Halloween and carry Mm -hmm. around a giant candy cane and with like uh, different pails along the back of the candy cane to make it look like I was stealing children's candy. And then go and, like, pick on children who are with their parents, but not in, like, a horribly mean way, just in, like, a shitty Grinch way <laughs> to, to get them excited for the Christmas season. And then I had a whole idea for uh, the Grinch Steals Halloween, like a, a Nightmare Before Christmas knockoff with the Grinch. <laughs> See, I, and I just talk myself out of it because I don't want my costume to look less than 
than stellar and and i'm not a cosplayer so i don't put in the time to making a costume or making it look real so i'm just like you know i'm good i'll i'll just be me i'm worried i'm more worried about playing the bit if i had a batman costume i would want to be on a roof i don't want to just be walking around like batman <laughs> right. If you're, you're not just going to dress in the costume. You're going to play the character. Correct. I respect that. I'll do either. Uh, I don't know. I kind of want to. I think the last thing I was was the most recent thing I can remember was Wolverine. Uh, I had a similar costume T-shirt, but I did like the hair and the. I had the cigar, that kind of stuff. I thought about just being naked man tonight on the podcast. Nice. It's 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 one of the few places where it's appropriate to show up as naked man because you can't you can't do that at work <laughs> and you definitely can't do it around the neighborhood, but you can go as naked man on a podcast. Hey, I'll help you. This is radio. It's okay. Wow, Gary, way to be naked. <laughs> it's crazy. Whoa. Everyone watch out. I'm naked man today. I'm butt naked in here. I'm also I'm wearing a $3000 Iron Man costume. Oh, wow, look at your Iron Man costume. You look exactly like the Tony Starks. Well, speaking of these wonderful, wonderful costumes, uh, part of the discussion I wanted to have today is this actually kind of flows all together from Halloween costumes to, to Halloween um, icons or horror movie villains and things, which... You know, in recent weeks, we've had episodes of the podcast about where we talked about, you know, the new Halloween movie or we've talked about, you know, a Jason Voorhees movie or something of the sort. So we've kind of talked about some of these characters um, in passing, but I guess this is the real the real chance to, you know, throw all your eggs in the basket, as they say, for one of these guys. Like, are you a Chucky guy? Or are you a Freddy Krueger guy? Or, you know, do you like Pennywise? Like, who's your... Who who's who are the you band? backing in, in a Super Smash Brothers-esque game where it's all the horror movie characters? I guess, who's your character? Who are you selecting? I'm... Yeah, go ahead. I'm honestly torn. I I love Freddy versus Jason. Uh, it was it came out like right when I was in junior high, I guess. Like maybe maybe when I was in like sixth or seventh grade. So the timing was perfect for me in my years to watch horror trash movies. I I think that you need both Freddy and Jason. I don't think that they're gonna die anytime soon. I think they're iconic characters, and I think they'll both always be around. I love them both. Uh, they're two opposite ends of the horror spectrum, right? One's going to come beat the shit out of you and one's going to murder you in your dreams in some spooky, strange, kooky, crazy way. Uh, I think they're both a lot of fun. Hmm. Interesting. Looking at a, at a list, actually, this is from Collider of the top 50, uh, I guess, most iconic horror villains. And I'm right. just looking, kind of scrolling through just to see if there's any that we, you know. Hellraiser's cool, but I'm not like a huge fan of the the, the Hellraiser movies. Pin, I guess Pinhead, Pinhead, I think, is yeah. his name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's Candyman, Hannibal Lecter, um, Leatherface is a big one. Leatherface Meh. is a, a homegrown classic. Leatherface to me is a Jason knockoff, even though it is based on true based events. On true event, yeah. It's he's he's exactly like Jason, and he came after Jason. 
No, I Except think he has came a, first. When was he the original? When was the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre? That's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, Today we're going to learn something, aren't we? Yeah, yeah I'm looking this up because I'm. Um, whoa, 1974. I feel like Friday the 13th was after that. 1980. Yeah, yeah. So Leatherface came first, but so but Jason's I think Leatherface has had more iterations. I feel like they've done more reboots or things of of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. A lot of well. Well, maybe that's not fair to say. There's a lot of Friday the 13th weird, yeah, there are. weird Jason Voorhees movies. Not necessarily reboots, but that series just kind of goes off the rails. <laughs> you talking about Jason X right now? Yeah, there's and there's the one Jason Goes to Manhattan or whatever it's called. Oh, there's some weird ones. I don't know, Jeez. man. I'm a, I've always been a big fan of Jason. Maybe it's Colli- just the hockey mask. Collider has Michael Myers as number one from Halloween, which... No. I- I'm a big Halloween movie fan, but Michael Myers, I mean, he's he's just pure evil. He doesn't talk. He just murders people. There's not really much to the character. The I mean, maybe I if you go like into all the him, sequels. And I don't like him because he's just a guy. And all the rest of them are monsters. Which one? Or Michael Myers. I um, mean, Jason starts off as normal. Well, he starts off as an undead drowned kid, doesn't he? No. Uh, in the just the his second time in he shows up, he's the original Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, he's not spoiler he's alert. In it. Uh, it is his mother. Yes. Yeah. And then in the second one, he's come back to get revenge, right? Yeah, I think from that point on, he's. He's okay. undead. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. They, like I said, they all have some kind of supernatural thing to them, and Michael Myers supposedly doesn't. He's just evil. But he's been shot and killed and um, and outrun and outmaneuvered a million times, and has a supernatural ability still to keep coming and always be one step behind. But they never. They are are adamant that he does not that he is just a regular guy who is evil, and that that I think is obviously not true about the character, and it cheapens the character to not give him an ability like everybody else has. Everybody else is supernatural, and uh, he he no get to be number one on my list. I, I like that he's uh, Normie. He's I think he's out of these characters, out of like the base. The hall of uh, the horror icons. I feel like Michael Myers is probably my favorite. Jason Voorhees is probably the most iconic. Uh, I also love Ghostface Killer, uh, Scream. I like a lot. So I like a lot of the movies that are self-aware uh, that they talk about the horror genre, uh, and that's like Scream's whole thing. Uh, it's a like the killer ta- does trivia about horror movies. Uh, <laughs> are you Wu Tanging? Because I said Ghostface Killer. Later too, I've got, I've got some scream comments later. Yeah, scream's there's, great. Uh, and there's then... also some of the more recent ones that have emerged. I mean, there's Jigsaw from Saw, which He's when you th- when I think of Jigsaw, like when you think of the imagery, I think you think of the the puppet. Even though Jigsaw, that's what I got on screen right puppet, now. Puppet, yeah. it's just like it's like his, uh, you know, it's it's a guy like his mascot, even though it's not him. Um, oh, he does speak through the puppet, I suppose. The first, the first few Saw movies are really good. Uh, they get really dumb, uh, but then I think... You lie. You sit on a throne of lies. The first few aren't good. The first one is good, and then the second one is bad. 
And then the third one somehow is good again. Hmm. But the second one is bad. Honestly, that's the one when they're in they're in like the house in the second one. I remember that. And it's like almost like a real world road rules torture house where they're just walking from room to room torturing themselves. Like the the first the first one makes sense. You're in a trap. And then in the third (laughs) ones and fourth ones, you're in traps. In the second one, it's like we're just going to walk around this house and die like one at a time to these traps. It's so, it's an awful formula. Uh, <laughs> well, what's the one? you see the newer, the new one with Chris Rock? Yeah, what's, that one's called something else, right? It's called Spiral, Spiral from the right. Book of Saw. No, I have not. I actually, I was a really big Saw fan. I think I saw them all in theaters up until Saw 5. Uh, I, I was a really big Saw fan at one point in my life. And I I always thought it was funny that they, they use the puppet and then also, like, the pig masks. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, two iconic horror villains in one, sort of. They they kind of get a two-for-one bang there. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, there is something kind of cool about the doll. When you see the doll, you know what it's from. Mm-hmm. The doll's iconic. Awesome. Definitely. One of, one of the villains I find to be, you know... Okay, like, if I'm going through a haunted house or something, right? Like, it's pretty common these days. I think, I haven't been through a haunted house in a while, but it's pretty common where you'll see a big guy with a, you know, hockey mask on, like Jason Voorhees, or you'll see people dressed up as some of these, and usually that's that's fine. I don't find it to be that unsettling, unless it's Pennywise. But Pennywise, <laughs> I find to be truly unsettling, especially the the new, the newer version, the version from the newer movies, not the old... Skarsgård. Um, Tim Curry version as much, but uh, yeah, the, I find it t- like if I were to go in a haunted house and somebody's dressed in full makeup as Pennywise character, like I- I'm not, I'm not going near him. So um, I'm good. I've actually only been scared once, and I've I've done a, a handful of the haunted houses you walk through, right, as an adult, and I kid you not, I was terrified in one by a little person because I thought he was a prop. And he was dressed like a devil, and he didn't move at all. He just stayed still. And as soon as you got close to him, he jumped out and came at you. And he scared the ever-living shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, I can deal with big guys jumping out with chainsaws and stuff. I'm used to it, and I'm expecting it. But the element of surprise absolutely uh, blew me on my fucking ass. I haven't been in a lot of haunted houses, but I did. I worked one. Uh, I did one of the Vaughn family haunted houses once. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I hid behind a wall and waited for people, and I popped out. It's good stuff. Uh, but yeah, yeah, as far as the icons more... go, I think I'm going to have to go. Michael Myers, I think, is what I think of when I think slasher, that kind of thing. But I, as far as horror goes, though, uh, I like, I kind of like the funnier ones. Like I like uh, Cabin in the Woods is really good. Uh, have you ever seen Tucker and Dale versus Evil? Did you see that, that right now? Great. One of the Xbox perks is Cabin in the Woods rental for free. Oh, nice. Well, there you go. Yeah. Go so check anyway. it out if you haven't seen it. It's a good movie. <laughs> they uh, they talk about the tropes. Uh, uh, unfortunately, know. I don't think by the time this comes out, it will be the last day the rental is free. I think it goes up on, on Halloween is the last day. Mm. So if you hear this by Halloween, you can watch Cabin in the Woods for free if you have an Xbox account. If not, you should have been done having your Xbox account. We told you, Game Pass, baby. Game Pass. When the question is ultimately asked, though, the ones that come to mind are the super iconic ones, like y'all are saying, Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, Chucky. But just scrolling through some of these, there's a bunch I forget. Like, 
like the girl from the ring, which I'm sure people oh, that man. love that movie know what her actual name is or what she's referred to. But then there's other ones you just don't think of, like like the Xenomorph from Aliens or the Shark from Jaws or the the creatures from The Thing or The Blob. Um, you know, animals from other horror movies like Cujo. Yeah. I would say that Chucky for sure is, and oh, I, I don't care about Chucky. I have, I have no love in my heart and no soft spot for the Child's Play series. Uh, and first one's really good. And um, the thing that I think is really intriguing about Freddy Krueger is that he, he can, he's in the brain, right? He's in the mind, and so you never know how he's going to appear, what he's going to do, or what his rules are. Uh, where everyone else exists in this mortal realm and they're just going to come over there and stab you or shoot you or whatever, Freddy Krueger is only going to get you in your dreams. All you have to do is stay awake. And so he's an interesting, different type of horror villain. Then there's the the Conjuring series is kind of one of the modern ones that's putting other imagery out there because like now you have Annabelle, the doll, that's creepy looking, and you have the, the, the Nun standalone movie, which she was just one of the freakier parts from the conjuring 2 and now then they gave that its own movie you know so they're they're trying to get some more imagery out there but nothing i think is ever going to dethrone some of those top whether or not you they're your favorites or not i mean because i'm i'm kind of leaning towards michael myers myself too but just it's probably just because i'm biased towards those liking those movies yeah. but jason Voorhees is a, is a good one did y'all ever play the friday the 13th game yes where everybody plays oh uh, you're talking about the person yeah but one no. person plays as jason and you're trying to hunt down the campers it's actually pretty fun it's supposed to be good yeah no we played the board game uh which is similar and it's a lot of fun uh but yeah, uh, so the things that freak me out the most, the movies that have fucked with me the most have probably been, like, The Grudge. Uh, believe it or not, when it first came out, Paranormal Activity got me pretty good. Uh, first and second one bothered There's me. There's actually a new one that just came out this weekend, but I have yet to watch it. It's exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Interesting. Maybe I'll watch it. Uh, but yeah, no, man, because like, I had like similar memories, because uh, in the second one, when she's describing when she was a kid seeing like the thing, like she was describing my sleep paralysis demon, and I was like, ah! <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing, but apparently that's just something that happens. Uh, I actually had sleep paralysis the other day for the first time in a while. And that was yes, fun. congratulations. I've heard that that's quite a fun time. <laughs> yeah, oh. there was something watching me, the whole bang. It was great. Uh, All of the documentaries I've watched about sleep paralysis make me just sober jealous of that. that yeah, it's, like it's not cool. <laughs> it doesn't happen. It hardly ever happens to me, but it happened the other day. So the only thing that I remember like terrifying me in recent history, and even then we're like back to high school, was signs. Signs scared the yeah. shit out of me, and I don't know why. It was just it's not necessarily a terrifying movie. It's I guess really just the the unsettlingness of it really got to me. I don't. Uh, I I wouldn't say it's scary, but when you see the the alien walk across that camera and that thing, my blood went ice cold, and I don't know why. I don't understand. It wasn't really that scary, like objectively. But even then, if I watch it again, it gives me chills, and it's like I don't know. 
parts of it visually, like maybe it's the effects from back then haven't aged the best, but I'm I'm with you. When I saw that in theaters, that moment was so intense and the suspense leading up to it and everything. And I actually, I, one of the movie websites, I think it might've been Slash Film, just recently did a a list of their the top scariest movies and their scariest moments in movies ever a period of all time. And that moment, I remember, because I made a mental note, but that moment was was in their list. And I was like, hey, you know what? I can't argue that because even if it maybe hasn't aged the best now, when I saw that in theaters, that got me for sure. Ice cold, man. Yeah. Uh, the one that makes me, gave me the most trouble sleeping was probably the grudge. Because, uh, like, that thing comes out from inside your safe haven of blankets. Like, that's fucked up. They, they took away my safe place, man. <laughs> you know? Because uh, I used to, because I, when I was little, I was terrified of vampires, so I would always, like, bundle up so they couldn't bite my neck, you know? <laughs> and, like, they took away my safe place. Oh, and you know, I just you just made me think, too. Shout out to all the classic Universal monsters. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Invisible Man, the Wolfman, Frankenstein's monster, uh, you know, Creature from the Black oh, that's, Lagoon. That's an entirely different conversation. Uh, so we're talking about, like, icons of horror, and, like, we took that kind of in a very specific direction but i feel like movie monsters like what's your favorite movie monster like it doesn't have to be necessarily the wolfman it could be werewolves could be vampires you know what i mean oh okay oh so like taking it really general yeah taking it super like what do you like uh of all because like man i love all of them i love i love vampires i love werewolves i love zombies i would have to say for obvious reasons, you've heard me talk before, zombies win for me a lot of the time. But, bro, I love vampires and werewolves. The one that I find the most scariest are, are I think, just ghosts in general. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's ghosts, ghost or haunting movies, that's, I've, that's usually my go-to for for the genre, I guess, for horror movies. Or, um, I guess this isn't answering your question as much, because it's, it's not picking one of those specific monsters but ghost or like possessions those those so i guess scare that, me i guess that's demons uh, demons you know. and ghosts scare me those movies frighten me the most i yeah. like the other ones more but i don't really get that scared uh you know demonic possession movies don't frighten me uh in the least those are some of the ones that i've been able to watch all throughout my life without being scared by um, can't do it freaks me out I there were so many people who I had to deal with throughout my career who showed so many of those traits those signs and those qualities that it <laughs> when I watch those movies to yeah. me it's more like like watching a like a psychological experiment right it's, it's, uh. you're watching a mental health collapse and uh. so for me those movies are nothing more than a mental health collapse it's it's they they i don't know i'm able to suspend disbelief or not able to suspend disbelief when i watch demonic possession there, movies but... so th- it's funny you say that cuz there's so there's a marvel show on hulu it was one of the last ones that got okayed uh, called hellstrom uh, and i watched all of it um and i guess i think he's like the son of the devil or something but they don't really get too into it um but the very first, like, possession, right? It's a kid, and he's, like, writing with his shit on the wall and, like, freaking out and blah, blah, blah. And instead of exercising the kid, he's like, you're faking this shit. You're not, this isn't real. And, like, he called him on it, and it was a fake possession. Uh, and it was funny. 
that's what you made me think of just now. <laughs> but that show's really good. I like that show a lot. Uh, so I so and to answer your question about classic movie monsters, uh, it I'm I'm also torn. If we were to play Vampire Masquerade, a tabletop role playing game, I I would probably want to play a werewolf, not a vampire. I think the Frankenstein monster of those monsters. I think Frankenstein's monster is the most iconic of all of those. Uh, Frankenstein's monster doesn't really need to change and will always hold a very pivotal spot where kind of Wolfman and Invisible Man have faded to obscurity. Uh, and then my personal favorite, which I have three answers, right? What a dickhead. Uh, I think mummies are like super cool. Mummies uh, are cool. Tombs are cool. Pyramids are cool. All Love the hieroglyphs the are cool. Curses are cool. Uh, there's just especially really... when Brendan Fraser's involved. God, Man, I love that Brendan, Brendan Fraser. Fraser. No, I'm God, talking about mummies, just mummies, right? Not particularly the movie Mummy. In you fact, mean not not the, if... the two greatest mummy movies of all time? Maybe parts of those movies without the lead, <laughs> just the mummy parts. Because I'm talking about the actual mummy, right? Uh, not uh, not Brendan fucking Fraser. Uh, no, mummies are cool, right? They're, they're, their curse goes across the world and you have to fucking uh, confront the mummy, talk to the mummy. They got plagues and they control swarms of locusts. There's all kinds of terrible shit going on with the mummy. Well, I think also just because historically mummies, mummification is real. I mean, they're not necessarily getting up later and walking around or anything like that. But, you know, the idea of it, it, it was a real thing. Yeah. And I think that that adds to it, the history there and... and everything like the imagery and movies of of that process taking place is always very fascinating to me so i i that's actually a really good answer that i hadn't even thought about no, that's a good one man mummies mummies that's a good pick man that's a good pick i would go zombies so you said frankenstein is the most iconic and i was gonna fight you on that until you said what you said about how he stays the same uh the other two spawned their own genres you know yes. vampire werewolves love I'll watch any vampire and werewolf movie pretty much. But, I mean, werewolves and vampire, those genres weren't spawned by those creatures. Those genres were old folk tales for hundreds of years in Eastern Europe that it, went to film. More, But modern vampires, uh, specifically modern vampires, were mostly brought on by Dracula. Uh, but you're not wrong. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a, an amalgam. It's a good old, old, yeah, it's a mythological story, and those seem to stick around through time. Uh, even Thor and Loki are still around, right? Even They've been reimagined, and they're nothing like they were in the Norse gods, but they're still around. Mythology sticks around for some reason. We're weird creatures. I'm glad that we were all able to uh, definitive, definitively agree that the leprechaun from the leprechaun movie is the most iconic horror villain and, and the best and, one and pumpkin head is a, is number two but only barely <laughs> <laughs> man those are good ones yeah man i don't know there's so many good horror movies i like i said i like i enjoy when i when i say enjoy i mean not necessarily scared but i enjoy the self-aware ones a lot uh there i forget what it's called but there's a movie where someone's like doing a documentary on like essentially Jason Voorhees, like they talk to him when he's not wearing the mask. And he's like, yeah, you know, uh, when like he went behind, like, uh, he went out of sight and then he starts running like really, really fast. And then he starts walking all, it's so funny, dude. Uh, and then like they showed him practicing playing dead. Uh, and he like buried himself alive in a coffin for like three days. 
Uh, and he's just like a master of the craft. And it's just really funny. They're talking about, and he was actually murdering people. I forget what the movie's called, but I like those. Those are funny. Uh, but yeah, I feel like I, I, I just like zombie movies, man. I'm sorry. Can't. No, we, 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 we know we've heard, we've <laughs> heard you talk about zombies before. Uh, no, I'm just giving you a hard time. I know, uh, uh, I, I actually respect your appreciation of zombies. So I'll, I'll give you credit where credit's due. Hey, thanks. I'm a connoisseur. Uh, well, perfect. And I'm sure that there's somebody that's listening to this that's like screaming at their, you know, their computer or their phone or whatever they're listening to this on about some villain or creature or something that we didn't give mention to and uh you know i'm sorry but also not sorry it must not be that iconic if we didn't talk about it <laughs> sometimes wow. things slip through the crack yeah man yeah, you tell sitting there at home like mothman talk about mothman <laughs> um perfect well uh we'll move on to our fresh out the podcast takes and any of y'all want to start off with anything that you've been enjoying fresh, fresh, recently? Fresh. Uh, uh, yeah, good. I can start, Tang, start if you want. I was going to complain that my Wu Tang saga has come to an end. Oh, so the complaint is that it's over, not anything, yes. that, not actually a complaint with the content itself. No, in fact, I think last time we spoke, I told you that it, it like mid season two, it just got better out of nowhere for some reason. Um, it stayed good all the way through until the end of season two. And like halfway through the episode, I could tell from the pacing, I was like, oh, oh no, this must be it. And I went back and looked and if it is, it's episode 10. And I don't know if they're getting, if they're greenlit yet for season three. Uh, but I hope so in due time. Godspeed, Wu-Tang. And now anybody who's been listening along, waiting for it to end so that you can binge watch it and get caught up, it's over. You can now binge watch two seasons, 20 episodes of Wu-Tang American Saga on Hulu. It's uh, it's great, man. It's all about them, their lives coming up in the in the ghetto in Staten Island in like 80s New York and sort of rising into prominence and going to the main island uh, and getting, uh, you know, getting signed on to major labels and everything that comes along with all of their attitudes along the way. It's it's fun. And season one kind of focuses on family. Season two, more on the band and more on business. Well, I'm sorry for you that that's over, but I'm also glad that it seems to still be on a positive note as far as uh, your enjoyment of the show. So that's good. Yeah, they didn't do like a, a Dexter or anything and shoot themselves in the foot on the way out the door. They They went out with a good season finale. Hopefully it's not their series finale, right? Uh, Dexter had a bunch of good season finales. It's the serious finale that you need to be worried about. Um, have you guys watched anything good? Any good streaming shows on in your lives? Oh, uh, oh yeah. go ahead, John. I've talked enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I start, I've only watched the first three. But uh, I'm watching uh, Alice in Borderlands. It's a Japanese show, uh, Netflix original. Um, it's amazing. It's so good. So it is, for anyone that knows what these things I'm about to say are, it's a combination of Squid Games meets uh, Gantz, which is an anime, uh, meets a little bit of Battle Royale, uh, the movie. And it came before Squid Games. This is actually older than Squid Games. But, like, I don't know. I wanted I, it, it has a similar thing going on, Deadly Games, that kind of stuff. 
Um, and it's based on a, a manga. And it's very, it's very cool. It looks great visually. It's dark. Uh, it's gory. It's it's kind of fucked up, but it's really it's a good this watch. Is an, this is an anime, so this is an animated. This show? is live action. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. No, this is a live it action is. show. It's based on a manga, uh, but Gantz is an anime uh, that this reminds me very heavily of, but it's it's they're very different at the same time. I love the show. I recommend it to anybody that liked uh, Squid Games uh, or Gantz or Battle Royale or just good stuff to watch. I I like it a lot. This just came out on Netflix. No, this has uh, been out for uh, maybe a year or two. Oh, okay. It's okay. So it actually predates uh, Squid Games, uh, and I I've only watched the first three episodes. Love it. But if you've just finished Squid Game, and that may, you know, obviously, everybody in the country or in the world is watching Squid Games. Yeah. It's their Netflix's most watched show of all time now. Mm-hmm. I believe is what they've announced. So I guess. If you're wanting more of something like that, this is this is the show you can turn to. This is the show it could scratch that itch for you very much. So, and it, it has nothing to do different. with the Borderlands video games. No, I no. <laughs> nothing to do. Uh, I don't actually know necessarily what they're referencing. Uh, it kind of has to do with like a parallel area. So, I don't want to give away too much, but yeah, it's it, it's cool, man. The 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 first game. People are getting caught on fire. Second game, people are getting mowed down. It's just a good time. That reminds me, Jahan, you got me watching Justice League, and I also started watching Lock and Key Season 1. Lock and Key, I wasn't hooked on, but I may give it another shot. I I like some of the things they're doing there. Um, They tell a lot of different stories from each different character's perspective, so there are adult stories in conjunction with with children's stories uh, and and there's like a, a wondrous kid is sort of the vehicle for the story and so you can even watch it with your family it, it has a little bit of spookiness in it and a little bit of language but it's you can, not you can watch it with your family yeah uh, it, you could watch like it with 13 your family. or older i'd say no problem i can't it's, really it's got something kind of it's got some kind of cool family aesthetic to it from all the different angles of storytelling because they're are two different teenagers having stories, a boy and a girl. There's the little kid having his story and the mom. And there are multiple storylines intersecting and crossing. And that's just in the first three episodes. Um, definitely, uh, you know, Chahan's been preaching Young Justice and Lock and Key for a while. And Young Justice slaps hard. And Lock and Key definitely has something going. It's got something there. Hey, I watch a lot of stuff. I, I pick up a thing or two every now and again. But yeah, no, I actually, so I actually recently finished season two of Lock and Key. Uh, it was good. I liked it. Cool stuff happened. They introduced new lore. They set up for cool season three. Uh, it, I don't feel like it was necessarily as good as season one. Um, but I really just enjoy, I enjoy anything where there's this lore to unravel, uh, especially when it has to do with magic. Uh, I like learning the rules of, uh, different magics when it comes to fiction. I enjoy that a lot. And in case you couldn't tell, the magic in this has to do with keys. So, very cool. And they can do all kinds of things. I don't know. There's a variety. It's fun. Uh, I, I, I recommend watching it, for sure. Well, speaking of, of streaming, uh, you know, I'm not going to go into Dune 
once again too much because obviously our whole episode last week was dedicated to that but i actually did watch dune again so the first time i saw it i saw it in theaters the second time that i watched it i watched it actually split over the course of two nights i watched half of it one night half of it the next um on hbo max and uh thoroughly enjoyed it the second time once again and i will say not to go in too much in depth on it but um one of my compl- not necessarily a complaint, but one of my notes from the first viewing was how, if you remember, I said that Rebecca Ferguson's character as Lady Jessica, the Bene Gesserit, um, I said I thought she was great, but she didn't steal the movie f- for me, and that's I think that's what I wanted, so it left me wanting more, and I feel differently the second time around. I feel like she did steal the movie this time. I thought she rules i thought she's great she's so good yeah and so my takeaway is that nope i was just maybe more reserved after my first viewing after the second viewing she she was excellent so we already know what you were thinking after your first viewing because you tried to convince us to jump on the timothy chalamet bandwagon with you you were just blown away by his eyes and you were falling in love that whole damn time i'm not gonna deny any of that and that's all still accurate none (laughs) none of that changed (laughs) <laughs> um we did see um dune 2 got confirmed this week so yeah that was a relief like it's, it's really happening october of 2023 so two years from now which i can wait two years for part two. that sounds <laughs> i think the cool. as I long as it really re- happens our review after last week after dune was how long are we gonna have to wait for dune 2 because we'd love to see it i think that was our general consensus was none of us shit on dune and none of us hated it we, we were all like just it, yeah. like Hopefully they can get Dune 2 done and get the same people. And so we're going to get it, I think. So great. Good well, for everyone. a buttload of money already. So Good job. My biggest fear was it was going to be you know a five-year wait or something for, for part two. And then it'd be too far out of the consciousness or something. But so it comes I already, out two years. I already really expected happens. to hear contractual problems where you know they yeah. can't get so and so because they're filming something else. But it, with a two year turnaround, I really I'm I'm more hopeful. How how yeah. long has it been since Avatar came out? Oh gosh, two thousand nine. Jeez, hundred and twenty years. And we're, I think we're it's finally going to happen. We're and they're making like two. three or four more next year. <laughs> like, we're what? getting we're I think we're for sure getting part two in twenty twenty two. Which will be, you know, a mere what, thirteen years. I'm gonna be watching the <laughs> the last know? one in the saga on my deathbed, probably, and it's gonna be disappointing. <laughs> Which the crazy thing too, you have to realize, is that you know, Avatar came out in 2009. So assuming that Avatar two comes out and really does finally come out in 2022, that's thirteen years in between. But before Avatar, James Cameron's last movie before that was Titanic, which came out in 1997, I believe. <laughs> so that 12 years between those. So he just takes a sweet time and people make jokes about him and say, oh, he's lost it. Oh, this is going to not be good. And then watch Avatar 2 be the newest, highest grossing movie of all time. I don't know what people do or don't like about Avatar. I think that movie is just so fucking normal. Uh, it, it really reminds me of How to Train Your Dragon. I think both of those movies are cool, and I think they're both fine. And I don't know why one is the highest grossing movie and the other one is just a fine DreamWorks film. 
Uh, yeah, Avatar is pretty basic. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's we we consume so much fantasy. <laughs> we we consume so much fantasy and so many superheroes and so much magic that like that to me isn't anything. Is that world isn't really I mean, new? It's not really cool. It's not really that fresh. To be fair, it to was fair. literally written by like a twelve-year-old because he wrote that in like junior high. <laughs> Apparently, that's, well, that's the story. And here's do, the thing. Oh, go ahead, Gary. I was gonna say I do think that that Tree of Life at like Disney World or that's where it's at, right? I think that is cool as fuck. And oh, you I mean would love in the Avatar section yes, there in the in Avatar Pandora? Park. Yeah, I think that yeah. Avatar Park with all that bioluminescent stuff and the giant tree, I think that would be awesome to go to. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be Avatar. It could have been any fantasy setting yeah. that has plants like that. Uh, but I, yeah, I, that's cool. As hell. I could I, dissect the things that are wrong with Avatar all day. <laughs> Probably should avoid it. <laughs> it's funny how talking about a rewatch of Dune has led to an Avatar discussion, but I'm not cutting it off yet because I have one more thing to add Go to ahead. it, which, which is that, you know, uh, the biggest complaint from from Avatar haters right after it came out was like, oh, it's just so derivative. It's this, it's this. And, you know, basically compared all the things that it, that it basically was just a copy of, which, sure... But visually and technologically, it was pretty revolutionary at the time. That being said, we're now in an age where the highest grossing movies are all superhero and comic book movies. Like, it's fine for things to be derivative now. Everything's derivative now. So at this point, which again, I'm a fan of the Marvel movies. I go see all of them. I like those movies. I like comic books. But... I'll happily go see a new Avatar movie as it's something different from the MCU or whatever. I'll go see it. At the end of the day, the moral of the story is, is if you want to have the highest grossing movie, cast Zoe Saldana. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say cast a bunch of CG. <laughs> no, cast Zoe Saldana. She's in every high grossing movie ever. Um, The only other thing also about Dune I wanted to know is they... Uh, we're able to get a hold of some of the viewership numbers over the weekend um, or from, from its opening weekend. And it sounds like about 1.9 million people watched, or excuse me, 1.9 million households watched Dune in the first Thursday through Sunday that it was available. So, um, which that's compared to 1.8 million. So more people watched Dune than watched Zack Snyder's Justice League the weekend it was available. Well, yeah, one of, one of those movies sucks. <laughs> compared to something like In the Heights, to which also had only only 0.7 million uh, in its first weekend. And the thing with Dune um, is that Dune also made about $40 million at the box office that opening weekend as well, which is of the movie's... That's I believe that's the highest grossing opening weekend of any of Warner Brothers movies that was released this year in theaters and on HBO Max day and date. Does that make sense? But that's a whole lot of caveats. So so that's the argument has been for theatrical exclusivity, right? We've now seen movies like Shang-Chi and Black Widow. Well, Black Widow was on Disney Plus premiere, so we can't count that. But um Shang-Chi and I'm, I'm blanking now on some of the other recent um, theatrical releases that have made good money. Um, 
but you know, movies are able to make money at the box office now with theatrical exclusivity. And the ones that are released on streaming also are getting a lower uh, box office weekend gross, which is understandable because you can watch it at home. And so it's it's noteworthy that Dune is the highest grossing in theaters of the ones on HBO Max, high, made more money than The Suicide Squad did in its opening weekend in theaters, which it was a different time back a couple months ago when The Suicide Squad came out, when the Delta variant COVID was it was really peaking at that time. Right now, things have gotten a little bit better. So there's, there's a lot. Yeah. So, yes, you're right. There's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of caveats there. But I think it's noteworthy in, in the with reviews being so positive as well. And it really seems like the cast for Dune has been champ championing it a lot recently that they're really, that maybe they really enjoyed making it or they really want to see it through. So hopefully that bodes well for everybody coming back and reprising their roles. And we don't have to see anybody get recast. Apparently uh, I found out <clears throat> Timothy Chalamet had when he was a teenager a YouTube channel where he modded Xbox controllers. I I saw that headline. <laughs> I haven't I haven't sought out any of the videos, but I did see that headline. It's pretty funny. I don't know. It's interesting. He like he, he came really far, really fast. Uh, it's impressive. Good for him. Um, speaking of uh, theatrical releases, also I did go to the theaters this week and I saw Last Night in Soho, which is Edgar Wright's new film. Um, for those who don't know, Edgar Wright is the director of such movies as uh, Baby Driver and The World's End and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead. So he's very you know well known for just be having. Having a strong sense of style in his in his movies, and Edgar so, Wright is also the sworn nemesis of Edgar Wrong. <sighs> God, I just don't know. I'm, I should just keep going, but like I was thinking about this the other day that I have this tendency that if I'm on, if I'm talking about a subject I want to talk on, and y'all interrupt with one of these jokes, my my instinct is to. Just brush over it and keep going, but I, but I do just have to note that they make me laugh, but also just chip away at my soul a little bit at the <laughs> that's, same that's, time. Yeah. That's, that's it the is pain. it is these particular setups where I know that you have a good role and a good rant that you're about to go on, and you have a good point to prove that I know I have to interject with some piece of shit fact. I I know that I have to. I talk a lot. I like to talk. I'm on a podcast. That's why. And, and you and your thoughts are like really well planned and laid out. Like you obviously mm. have you know what you're gonna say before you open your mouth. Yeah, and really sticking and sticking the spokes on you. Yeah, and I don't. So that's what makes this so much better. Is I I know you're on a roll, and I'm like, boy, I bet he wants to know about Edgar Wrong right now. I just it's one of my wife's biggest complaints about me too is I'll you know have a point that I'm wanting to make and she'll interrupt me with the joke and I'll ignore it and keep going and she's like come on like give me some credit and I'm and I'll, you know at the end have to say oh I heard you I heard it no but... you can feel free to blow me off <laughs> uh, me anyway backtracking um Scott Pilgrim is honestly one of my favorite movies of all time. It's up there for me. I, I think it's it. Jenny's favorite movie of all time. And, uh, and I really liked baby driver as well. Um, 
we know, and not to go <laughs> on another tangent, but Edgar Wright was supposed to direct Ant-Man, the original Ant-Man, mm-hmm. and that and had uh, creative differences with Marvel because, you know, they wanted him to make an MCU movie and he wanted to make an Edgar Wright movie. And he, I think he is credited as a, a writer on Ant-Man and an executive producer, but he did not end up directing it. But that was like a big thing at the time. Is, oh, I wish I could have seen what Edgar Wright's Ant-Man would have looked like. Anyway, Edgar Wright puts out a new movie. I'll go see it. And I went to go see Last Night in Soho, um, which I don't know if y'all have seen the trailer for this. It's it looks kind of really like, good. Yeah, the the general premise is a uh, there's a girl who goes to school in London for fashion design. Um, it's in modern times and she um, gets her own place while she's going to school. And whenever she goes to sleep, in her new pad, she wakes up in the past in the '60s, seeing visions of a of a girl and in, in the '60s and what she goes through. And at, at the beginning, those what her visions and what she's seeing of the '60s give her inspiration for um, her designs and things like that. But then the movie takes on a bit of a, a horror twist with that. So I won't spoil anything of where the movie goes. Um. I will just say, so it stars um, Thomas and McKenzie plays the main girl, which she is in Jojo Rabbit. Uh, she's in Old, M. Night Shyamalan's Old. And uh, she's seems to be very up and coming. She's been in a lot more stuff recently. And she's the lead. And in the past, she uh, the visions are of uh, the characters played by Anya Taylor-Joy, who, of course, everybody knows recently from The Queen's Gambit. Um, she's she also was magic. In- yeah, she was magic in New Mutants. She was in Split, uh, the M. Night Shyamalan movie Split with James McAvoy, and in the sequel, Glass. Isn't that what it was called? Yes. Yeah, Glass. Um, which she, I think that she's incredible in, in she's everything really good, that yeah. she's in. And, uh, and she's really good in this. And Thomas and McKinsey's really good in this. The, the performances are good. Um and I really dug the first half of the movie and the and the setup and the visuals. And I liked the visuals throughout. But just when the horror stuff started to kick in, which I, I feel like should have been when I started going, oh, yeah. All right. Let's see where this goes. It was the stuff I was I was less interested in. I didn't like where the story went as much, per se. Yeah. Um, not to say I didn't enjoy the movie. I did. But it was just I really liked the, the opening maybe third or uh, to a half. Um, in the latter half, I was less enthused about. But otherwise, uh, you know, I still thought it was good. Again, if you want to go see an original story in theaters that's not a franchise, you know, something cool and visual and different, I would I would recommend it. Um, but it just wasn't on the same level as uh, his past movies for me, as his, some of his more recent ones. I do really want to see it. It uh, looks really good. <clears throat> also, I'd like Drew, to point out Matt Smith... Uh, um, the Eleventh Doctor is in this movie. So. He is, and he's really good in it as well. Real quick, Drew, how do you feel about Baby Driver? We had somebody in the chat say that they had never seen it. Uh, I, of course, I'm a huge fan of Baby Driver. I know that Thomas, my brother, did not like Baby Driver, so opinions are all over the place on this one. Uh, I, I liked a it. lot of good things. Uh, I haven't seen it either. I really liked Baby Driver. I think it's just oozing with style. I love the soundtrack and the way that the music is infused into the movie, which I think is the key takeaway from it. It's just the the mm-hmm. how much the action lines up with the music and everything, uh, which is 
apparently, obviously very intentional. Uh, apparently, when you're listening to it in headphones, uh, anytime he takes one of his headphones out, the music stops playing in that headphone while you're watching the movie. If you just a little Easter egg there for you. That's kind of cool. Like, that's when the audio turns left or right on the mixer. Something like that. I mean, you can still hear the rest of the movie out of both, but the music right. stops. Uh, how um, how Is it a full-size car, or is the baby driving, like, a smaller car? So, it is a smaller car because it's baby-sized, <laughs> but the people who need to get away are actual people-sized. So, it's a, it's a strange-looking vehicle with a small driver's seat and small pedals, but regular-sized passenger seat and back seat. <laughs> And of course, Sorry, the baby Gary. driver is strapped Thank in. Thank you for it. indulging in that, Gary. I Sorry, appreciate Gary. it. Not a problem. I've been wanting uh, to make that joke since someone said baby driver. <laughs> so the whole thing, I'm, I'm with Drew. The, the music is awesome. It's timed up perfectly. It's a getaway driver movie, and I think car chases are cool. So I'm I'm totally all about it. It's just a bunch of car chases and, and music timed up to car chases and gunshots in a fun way. Um. Jamie Foxx is a bit extra in it, but whatever. Yeah, and, you know, in Baby Driver, I think there's a lot of big names that show up throughout that movie. Because, you know, of course, you've got Ansel Elgort plays the lead, but then um, you've got Jamie Foxx and John Hamm, and I feel like there's others I'm forgetting. Well, there's he who who must not be named that's also in that movie, <laughs> but we won't talk about him. And there, there's some, some others, but... Um, Last Night in Soho is is very contained by comparison because you have the two female leads that I mentioned. You have um, uh, Matt Smith, who Jahan mentioned, who he, by the way, I'm not a Doctor Who fan. And like, I haven't seen a whole lot of the stuff that, that Matt Smith is in, but he has just a very striking appearance. He does. For he has like, a, a memorable face. So he fits well in something like this just because he's so interesting to look at mm-hmm. i don't know how else to describe him um he's got he's got an he's got quite the face <laughs> which i want to say is he one of the people that's in the new yes game of thrones spinoff yes. the he house is of dragons one of the targaryens in the house of dragons spinoff show i i would be excited just to see that for him because i found him to be so intense and intriguing he's in last night in soho that i'm like okay actor I watch anything. Literally the the worst thing about Doctor Who is when I started watching it, he was the doctor. And so I thought that Doctor Who was fucking awesome. And it isn't. Matt Smith (laughs) is fucking awesome. Yeah, it it says a lot because so David Tennant blew it out of the water uh with his Doctor Who. Uh Matt Smith had to follow that and he killed it. I'm actually currently on his run of uh the Doctor. And I'm rewatching, obviously. And it's just, it's so, I forgot how good it was. Because, like, while I was watching David Tennant, towards the end of it, I was like, I just want to get to Matt Smith. Because <laughs> Matt Smith's so good. I will poop on Doctor Who all day, and I have nothing but love for Matt Smith. I can't wait to see him in more shit. It's it's not his fault he was Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other um, person worth noting in Last Night in Soho is uh, Diana Rigg is in it in her last performance before she passed away. But y'all would know her as um, Olena Tyrell from Game of Thrones. So if you remember, uh, yeah, rip. 
Yeah, so she's which she's awesome in Game of Thrones, very memorable role in that, and she's and she's good in Last Night in Soho as well. But um, just worth noting that she it was her last her last uh, acting role, I believe, before passing. she absolutely crushed it in Game of Thrones. She's like one of the top five fucking best characters by the end of that series. She's so, amazing. yeah, man. Fun fact: the episode of Doctor Who that I just watched had her in it. So. Dang, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Thank, genuine thank you for bringing it back to Doctor Who again My after name. I thought that we escaped it. But, uh, oh, great. <laughs> um, sorry to keep talking about uh, movie stuff. I've got one other movie that I wanted to mention, which is you actually talked about this earlier, Jahan, in our horror iconography conversation. Scream, 1996. I had never seen it. Um, this is one of the, yeah, I know. So this had eluded me. Um, ironically, I've seen scary movie about (laughs) 80 times. So, which I knew spoofed scream, but now finally watching scream, I didn't realize that like 90% of the spoofs in scary movie are directly from scream. Yes. Um, but I'd always heard scream was, you know, the most meta of the horror movies and of the slasher films. And, you know, I'd always heard that and I didn't really understand what that meant until seeing it. Um, Which is, you know, they're all very self-aware of, of real life horror movies and they keep comparing the situations they're going through to actual existing horror movies. And that angle of it is, is fun when you're seeing it on screen. But I mean, I mean, Scream, it's like practically a comedy as much as it is a slasher movie. It, it's, it has some genuine laughs in it. <laughs> Maybe I mean, they're, got... they're not intentional. The movie's over, you know, about 25 years old now. But um, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. I was going to say, even the cast at the time, they they knowingly cast some comedians in it. They I think mm-hmm. they knew what they were doing. Yeah. I think they were pretty aware of it. Yeah, it seems like it. And so... um. I had just, so actually I had, uh, just to get into my nerdiness as far as physical media, I had pre-ordered, the Scream was coming out in October on 4K UHD Blu-ray disc, and so I had pre-ordered it, and I guess it was an issue where it's a Miramax movie, and so I think Paramount or somebody is the one producing the the 4K Blu-rays. And I don't know if they just didn't produce enough or anything, but on all the forums I follow, like everybody who ordered it, it got back ordered. They didn't receive their copies. Mine didn't come and it's delayed. I'm supposed to receive it like December or something. So I was pretty disappointed because I was looking forward to finally watching it before Halloween and I gave in. And so I purchased it for $9.99 on iTunes because they just had the 4K version there. I'll probably still get the disc when it comes out, but... Uh, I didn't want to wait. So anyway, that's uh, half the reason that I wanted to watch it. But also, that you know, Scream, I believe it's the fifth Scream movie is coming out in theaters in January. There's they a brought the original out. cast back, didn't they? Yeah, so there's a trailer out for it now. And so I said, you know what? This is, this is it. I'm going to go back and watch the first four Scream movies that I haven't seen. And I have now seen the first one and liked it a lot. So Why is go. it coming out in January? I don't know. Okay. I think, you know what? It... You mean in the dead of winter? <laughs> <laughs> my 
best guess is that it's a pretty crowded fall and winter for movies as it is just because of all the covid delays that are now finally actually coming out so if maybe we wait to release it we can make a killing <laughs> oh boy um yeah so january is probably pretty barren on the movie front so maybe that's why yeah, no, anyway. I, I really like Scream. Uh, I liked it a lot. I do believe. That's... Let me see. Didn't you watch another movie? I want Drew to talk about the uh, Lightyear trailer. That's what I want. Lightyear to have. Oh, trailer. I... Yeah. Have y'all watched this? Yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. What did you? What did y'all think of this? The this is the Lightyear trailer. This is the new Pixar film coming out. I believe next summer in or summer of twenty twenty two. But this is the. Basically, the Buzz Lightyear origin story, but not the origin of the toy. This is the origin of the real person, Buzz yeah. Lightyear, that the toy is based on. Talking about meta, man. I said it's... Scream was meta. I said this is meta. Facebook is now meta, if you know. you know. <laughs> so anyway. It's uh... permeating the collective unconscious. Damn you, Zuckerberg. But yeah, um, what did y'all think of this trailer? I'm curious to get y'all's thoughts. Uh, I don't know what to think. There wasn't a lot. You didn't see a lot of what was going on. Uh, it looked amazing. Like, it looked really good visually. Uh, I'm excited for it. But, so also, a lot of people were, like, talking about this, like, oh, it's about the guy. That's crazy. But, uh, I mean, there was an animated show that was all about uh, a space ranger a long time ago. And, you know what I mean? Like, that kind of beat it. It's not new, but they are going a much more grounded in reality style thing. Uh, and it looks it looks interesting. I don't know what to think yet. It looks really good. I don't know what the story is going to be. Is he going to fight Zerg? Or, Hell yeah, he's going to fight Zerg. Is Zerg. it his father? Zerg. Like, what's going on? Um, That's a good point. It looks dope as fuck. It, it looks yeah. great. I'm going to watch yeah. it. I mean, I'm gonna I, say that the trailer, not the movie, right? Because we haven't seen the movie. I'll say that that trailer is uh, certifiably fresh out the box. It's pretty. It's so good looking. Yeah, I mean that was that. So Gary's summary is how I feel about it, and this is something that when it was announced a while back, I was like, "Oh, that's weird." And then the trailer came out. And I said, oh, "I'll give this a watch." Like I'm just intrigued enough, and the trailer kind of blew me away. Not necessarily because of the content or the story, but just the visuals. I mean, how how do Pixar movies keep one-upping themselves <laughs> from a visual standpoint and looking better and better? I Best just thought animation studio looked, around. Yeah, it looks incredible from an animation standpoint. It just looks amazing. I was blown away. There's and that was watching it on my phone. Like I haven't <laughs> even watched it on a you know in a theater. That was watching it on my phone. I, was I watched like, it on is... my computer, and it looked so good. I watched it, like, full screen. I was, I, like, right before we started streaming. Uh, it looked so good. Yeah, no, uh, graphics are getting crazy, man. Like, I've seen some stuff lately that I could barely tell was computer-generated. I was like, oh, God. Like, I remember watching Toy Story 1 when, at the, at the end of the movie, they're having the RC car chase down the street and being like, man, that street looks really good. And then now, like, when I most recently watched Toy Story 4, the streets look so good. The concrete, the cracks, the discoloration in the paints and the chips and the imperfections, literally nothing in any background is perfect in that, in, in that entire universe, just like real life. It, it, there are small inconsistencies everywhere. 
and they read so well on screen. It's just so, and we're getting even more of it with Lightyear. And except so this time, we're getting crazy. an action-packed universe, and not. And I do love that Toy Story takes place in a house, right, or in regular locations. Um, but it's going to be cool to be able to see how how fantastic they can go now. Now they're not limited to a house; they're not limited by anything. Yeah. I mean, yeah, honestly, with the computer graphics, I feel like they could have done even better, but I think they might have left it at a certain level to keep it with that animated quality, honestly. Mm -hmm. At this point, we're starting to get to the point where you have to choose ultra-realism, where it looks real, or you have to, like, keep that animated thing, like, consciously, because the technology's there to do either, and it's just nuts now. kind of gets into the, the Nintendo of it all, right? It's like, like how... Yeah. Um, that's a good point. You know, you've got games on your Xbox Series X or the PS5 that have a more photorealistic look, but maybe don't run as well or, you know, whatever. Whereas you've got the Switch that can't process those games, but then a game like Breath of the Wild or something like that takes a certain art style instead that you don't need the crazy photorealistic graphics. That game looks beautiful in its own right just because of the art style. So... Uh, no, that's a yeah. great equivalency there. Yeah, I don't yeah, think so that like... it's photorealism that draws m most ninety uh, percent of gamers. I don't think it's photorealistic graphics that draws to a game, anyways. Uh, I right. think it's stylized art and gameplay. Yeah. You can you can take your photorealistic stuff and shove it up your ass. Give me something beautiful. <laughs> Give me something you're proud I, of. I like it a lot in certain games. I like it for horror, and I like it for like shooters. Uh, sometimes. Arcadey uh, cartoony shooters are great too, but I do like it sometimes. Playing yeah, something no. like The Last of Us Part Two that I played last summer, the realism of it and how good it looks definitely adds to the experience of that game because it just blew me away the whole time. And it's got really great gameplay. It's really great, one of the better games my uh, I ever played on my brother. PS4. So, my older brother, he he. He's recently become, like, a huge gamer. His husband is a huge gamer, so, like, it's kind of, uh, you know, upped his game. He's always played games, but now he's, like, really into it, and he loved the the Last of Us series. He said it was so good. That yeah. is another series that, talking about Pixar and their imperfections, and that's what makes everything so beautiful, Naughty Dog does the same thing, and The Last of Us is perfect at mm -hmm. that. Uh, the, the decomposing world around you is just so fucking gorgeous. Well, this um, actually works because we kind of the Lightyear trailer transitioned us to talking about video games. Did y'all have anything else that you wanted to talk about that you watched, or uh, or was or did we want to switch to what you've been playing or there what you want to play? There is another trailer uh, that I saw that looked amazing. Uh, have you guys seen the most recent Ghostbusters trailer? This might shock you. Honestly, I don't think i have maybe i have it just came With out the it's just one of those movies that i'm sold on as it is i'm gotcha. gonna go see it and i think i kind of hit a point where like the less i see moving forward the better because i don't want to spoil too much of yeah. it um so i think after the the first or I feel like I've seen two trailers of, for this movie. There's the one that came out pre-pandemic that I feel like we've been seeing for forever. Yeah. And then there was a newer one that came out more recently. So I don't know if that's the same one or if it there's might an be. even it more ha one. So it has the kids in it a lot. 
and like I think you saw the one that was like a trimmed version of what I saw today. But man, it looks so good. Uh, it's Halloween, so uh, like I'm extra excited. I kind of want to go downstairs and watch Ghostbusters after this. Uh, but it looks amazing. <laughs> like, when does this one come out? January, right in the fucking <laughs> hardest spooky season. I think this one comes out right around Thanksgiving, actually. So this Ooh, one's uh, almost out. Uh, I will be seeing this as soon as I can. It looks so good. Uh, that'll actually, probably be one that I Gary mentioned this before, but we'll we'll yeah, so November nineteenth. We'll probably have to invite Gary's brother on the episode for that one. Maybe we'll we'll see if. Uh, he has to, you know, we have to give him some tests and things um, beforehand before he can be approved to be on the show. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, Ben is a big Ghostbusters fan too. We could, we could see if they would fight to the death, and we could just whichever one wins can be on the podcast. Yeah, because I just think that the perspective of someone who was a kid when the initial Ghostbusters movie came out that have i mean i love the ghostbusters movies but i don't have the same level of nostalgia as maybe they do so i'd love to have somebody's take what did they you know, coming from out? that perspective uh for the new one because i know they're extremely excited let's see because i remember i saw ghostbusters uh when i was a kid yeah it's oh, been see. around me my whole life uh, i had the toys thomas had the toys i had the toys but uh, so what Thomas would have been what like am I, two. Sorry, good. I think Thomas would have been two when the first one came out, but then old enough to see the second one in theaters. And I think he did go see it, the second one in theaters with my dad. <laughs> That's cool. No, I see, I had older that. sisters and not older brothers, so it just Ghostbusters was not in the regular rotation at my house growing up. And I think I finally sought it out when I was either in high school or college and watched it for the first time then. So, wow. That's yeah. crazy. See, my, I, my mother is a cinephile. Uh, and so I, I saw everything all the time. Uh, and I, I saw the go- the first Ghostbusters when I was like six, probably one of my first memories. One of my earliest memories was getting, uh, the old lady. It was an old lady Ghostbusters toy and her mouth opened like this big, like, ah, mm-hmm. like it was like, two feet of mouth uh yeah I love we had too. one that was like a little orange clap trap with a spring tongue and if you put your finger on his tongue he clamped down way too hard uh, <laughs> like enough to like fucking bruise your knuckle and uh we used to play with those all the time we i love those old ghostbusters Nothing's toys better than a toy uh, that can hurt you I used to this fuck is... with ghost but extreme ghostbusters the cartoon show before school so good uh, yeah, man, that show went hard. It's on it's on Hulu, and it actually holds up. That show went hard. See, this is what you have to realize, is this is what y'all were growing up with, whereas, meanwhile, I had sisters were like, who would turn off the movies I was watching and put on uh, such cinematic classics as My Girl or Father of the Bride. Like, those were the types of movies that I was subjected to, as opposed to, like, Ghostbusters and RoboCop. Hey, you know, I watched those, too. And uh, and then also, you know, for those kinds of shows, like I'm just sitting wanting to watch Power Rangers as a kid. And instead I get switched over and have to watch, you know, Full House and Saved by the Bell. So that's what I grew up with and has influenced me. So, yeah, you know, it's just just different. I would, I would say that, like, even as a kid, some of my my earliest comedic influences were Dan Aykroyd. Chris Farley and Bill Murray. And of course, Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray are both in Ghostbusters. And 
Chris Farley was pumping out movies at the same time, like in the theater next door. So those guys were some of my comedy legends. I've, I've got a good soft spot for Ghostbusters. Yeah, at this Uh-oh. point, I've seen the first Ghostbusters many times just because once you've seen it, it's easy to get into your regular rotation. I just came to it late in life, so it's just unfortunate. Yeah, no judgment. It's just, yeah, I feel I feel for you, you know? I think we'll all go see Ghostbusters. Yeah, we'll definitely have to have an episode, um, a spoiler-filled episode about that after I, it come out. The trailer, man, it was beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, but yeah. So anyways, yeah, we can move on. Perfect. Um, well, what have y'all been playing or, or what do you want to play or what, where, you know, I, I, I logged into Xbox this week because game pass is the best value in gaming. And I was going to download age of empires four, which I had been looking forward to, uh, fired up my Xbox and saw that it was only on PC I'm like, okay, yes. okay. So I walked around, came to my PC, fired it up, downloaded it on PC. I haven't played it yet, but I, I was have. just a little... I was I was looking forward to it on the Xbox, and it was just for Game Pass PC. Other than that, the games that came out were a bunch of big fat farts. Um, I'm going <laughs> to read this list of big fat farts, and you can listen to them. Uh, Alan Wake's American Nightmare, which is a, I believe it's a remastered Xbox 360 game. A good thing that's there. I don't think it's even remastered. I think it's just a, an Xbox 360 add-on to the original. It, and it does seem Alan to be Wake. remastered. Oh, okay. Because the non, graphics were pretty solid. Let's talk about Non Guns Doppelganger Edition. Um, you guys know what that is? Yes. No. Let's talk about the Forgotten City. And Moonglowed Bay. <laughs> Two more big fat farts for you. Um, and then finally, Backbone and Bassmaster Fishing. Uh, it's right, a good yeah. thing. It's a good thing we have all these great titles that came this week to Game Pass. Um, at least we have Forza Horizon Four, I think, coming out next week or the week after that. And Master- it's actually the fifth Forza Horizon. Is so that it is crazy? Next- There's been five. Yeah, it comes out oh, next week. Right. It comes out on, on the eighth. Friday, I think. And then it was on the fifth. So it was the eighth on my screen. Well, we have Forza. I was gonna say we have Forza and Horizon and Halo coming, right? So we have two things to look forward to for sure that I care about. Uh there might be some other things that slip in the cracks. You never know what Game Pass is uh, gonna Evil pump out. Geniuses two. Uh World Domination comes out on the 29th of November. Uh and that is something I've been wanting to play. Uh, probably only on PC, I would imagine, as well. Um, Big, fat farts, Jahan. Wet, stinky farts. See, it's not a problem for me. I play PC. Uh, but yeah, also, so another game that came out recently that's also only PC because it's a game preview, Everspace 2, free-to-play, uh, currently. It's an action space uh, game where you can race and do dogfights in space. Uh, Moon Glow Bay. Actually, if you are a big fan of um damn it i forgot what it's called how did i forget what it started if you're a if you're a big fan of big fat stinky farts john is that what you were gonna say (laughs) if you like stardew valley this game looks like a a a decent enough uh follow-up if you are done with stardew valley and want to play something else uh non-guns doppelganger actually looks fine as a action adventure platform shooter i understand gary's lack of uh interest in it and age of empires 4 
was pretty damn cool. The campaign's fun. Uh, it's it's all historical battles, and they have cool narrations, uh, and they have live action shots of historic battlefields that they superimpose their uh, PC characters on. Uh, they changed a lot of the gameplay. Instead of making battering rams, your troops can build them in the field. Uh, archers can put down stakes to stop cavalry charges. That kind of stuff. A lot of tactical power ups. Uh, so Age of Empires Four, I'm definitely still excited for. I just with uh, you know, I got to play Civ Six on my Xbox. I was hoping I'd get to play some of the Age of Empires, some of the new editions on the Xbox. Well. Uh, I think we, they may we may get a port right, but I'm just gonna have to wait. It would be really hard to play on Xbox, but man, it is. I think it's like 150 gigs of a game, so it's a pretty. I, I big think game. I'm really gonna enjoy the campaign, dude. And then when you yeah. beat a battle, you unlock a like a historical documentary video about like how crossbows are made or how castles are built, uh, and it's really interesting if you like that kind of thing. And I do so. Mm-hmm. I also played Alan Wake's American Nightmare, and I never played it before, so it was pretty fun uh, so far. I look forward to playing Wait, it some more. You played that just since it's been put on Game Pass? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I played you, Alan Wake uh, like last night, uh, and I was enjoying it. It's cool. It's very. It has interesting gameplay, um, and the concept is really interesting. You have like an evil doppelganger guy. You're a writer. Uh, I think you wrote like the future. You have to find the pages, and you have to make some of those things happen in order to cause events to transpire, which is crazy. Uh, there are shadows that take over people, and you have to hit them with your flashlight and like blast the shadows out of them, and then you can shoot them to death. Uh, so it's like a whole—it's very different. I don't know. I, I wasn't expecting to like it, but I did. I played the original Alan Wake when it came out, um, which that was over. Over ten years ago, that, that was practically a release title. <laughs> yeah, it came out a long time ago on the 360, and so I know that American Nightmare was some sort of added content for it, or it was like a standalone, smaller game or something. So maybe I'll have to play it. I never played it back then. I'm just so far removed from Alan Wake. I know they just released a remaster for it, um, like a true remaster for for Alan Wake, um, which I don't really have that much interest in playing, but maybe I'll play American Nightmare since you say it's is this Is that a different thing? I think so. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. American Nightmare is like specifically a an Xbox 360 title of Alan Wake, not just the Alan Wake series. Gotcha. Yeah, no, American Nightmare, I had a lot of fun. Uh, I did enjoy it. So I will, I will be picking it up again if that says anything. The other thing I'll know is just uh, going back to Forza Horizon 5 for a second. It turns out the standard and deluxe editions of the game are released on the 9th of November, but the premium edition will be released on the 5th of November. So I'm not sure if Game Pass Ultimate subscribers get the premium version and maybe regular Game Pass subscribers get the standard. I'm not exactly sure. Um, That'd be something to look into, but there is a version that releases on the 5th. Um, that being said, I do know that I was looking through my Xbox updates recently and the Forza Horizon 5 uh, preload kicked in and it was sitting at just over 100 gigs for me on <laughs> Series X. I think it was like 103 gigs or something like that. So it it does take up a, a pretty portion of Which your... Which is not a surprise case. at all. The Forza games are huge. The maps in the Horizon games are massive and there's probably hundreds of different races 
the seasons change, so the maps change where like there's frozen rivers and stuff that aren't there in other seasons. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be a giant map with a bunch of cars and a lot of other players playing, and there, there are world events that go on. Uh, I really like the Horizon games, but yeah, I, I would be I would have been more surprised if it would have been under 100 gigs. If you'd asked me how big I thought it was, over or under, over for sure. Yeah. Well, and then speaking of games with a lot of players playing, as you just mentioned, one thing I thought was really interesting is um, I just realized that the new Call of Duty, Call of Duty Vanguard, actually comes out next week. I think it comes out on the 5th. And I feel like of recent Call of Duty releases that just... Maybe this is me. I'm not a diehard Call of Duty fan by any means. I feel like there's just almost zero buzz for this new one. Do you remember when I watched this trailer and told you guys to watch it and I laughed out loud at how fucking uninspired of a piece of shit Call of Duty this looks like? I... I will play a Call of Duty game. I I know that Call of Duty fans are a lot of time toxic folk, but I like shooters, and I will play a Call of Duty game. I won't play this one. It looks like an uninspired piece of shit, and I wasn't going to play Black Ops 2 Part 4 or whatever the fuck came out last year either. (laughs) Take your time and make a fucking game. I don't hate your series. I just hate when you release dog shit. Vanguard looks like crap. I think that there's just people that, you know, the games they buy each year are the new Madden and the new Call of Duty, and they'll buy a new GTA whenever it comes out. Like, that's there's just the gamers, and that's what they play. And so I'm sure that Call of Duty Vanguard is still going to somehow end up being one of the, you know, uh, highest, highest bought, you know, highest sales of any game released this year you know it'll be one of the top selling games of of 2021 but i just feel like as of right now this game comes out next week and from my perspective and my friends who play games nobody cares nobody cares yeah i'll be interested to see if it kicks up next week when it comes out like if we start seeing you know advertisements for everywhere and you know if people on my friends list start playing it but as a battlefield come out yeah battlefield's right on the doorstep and that's going to be way better than this piece of shit. Yeah, they've done this before, Call of Duty and Battlefield. They've they've had these types of headbutts before. And it looks like, to me, and maybe I'm speaking early, but it looks like Battlefield might come out ahead on this one. There seems to be more hype around the new Battlefield than Call of Duty Vanguard. It, it seems that way for me, too. And I think a big part of that is just Battlefield not being annualized the same way that Call of Duty is. Yeah. So it's I think that people are really excited for the big scale battles and the things that Battlefield has to bring whereas the new Call of Duty just seems like it's going to be another Call of Duty game and who cares. I mean, I'm sure the Call of Duty diehards will be playing it, but I'm as of now I have no interest, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm going to be I'm gonna play, I'll be too noting. busy playing Battlefield. So I thought that was worth noting. Thought it was interesting when I saw that release date was next week. No, it's like, interesting. Yeah, I didn't realize it came out so soon. I I haven't heard, and I'm pretty plugged in to games. You know, I I do my best to research this stuff. I haven't heard anything about. I this told game. you guys when I saw this trailer, I could tell. I could see the writing on the wall when this trailer came out. I can smell these things from a mile away. <laughs> this is a bad one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so while we're talking about video games, and as it is uh, Halloween. 
Um, I feel like something that we didn't talk about potentially was what's your favorite horror game? Do you have a favorite? Do you like playing horror games at all? Uh, you know, I do sometimes, usually, sometimes, yeah. Um, from a franchise perspective, Gary, I'm sorry, I started talking. I don't, I'm assuming Gary's not big into horror games. So I'm thinking, and and I guess, yeah, usually horror games are not my jam, but we've been playing a lot of Bag for Blood, and before that I would have told you Left for Dead. I like the games with where I could play as the monster also. Uh, those are the types of horror games I could get behind. Like the Friday the 13th one where you swap off as Jason. Uh, I could get behind those types of horror games. Those are more fun for me. Like a, a party horror game versus a single-player horror experience. That's not for me. Gotcha. Yeah, multiplayer horror. Yeah, that's a thing. Uh and also, we played World War Z. That was pretty good too. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a big Resident Evil fan, and I haven't always been. That's actually been a recent thing, um, especially with the remakes of two and three that came out in recent years. So Got good. me really, really on board, and I I really liked seven. I played Resident Evil Village, the most recent one. So I've gone back and played some of the, um, you know, the remaster of. Resident Evil, the first, the first one that is on Xbox now, and um, you know a bunch of those. So I, I'm a really big fan of the Resident Evil games. I love the, um, just the style. You know, the limited ammo and the having to conserve, and um, yeah. you know, slowly progressing through the map and backtracking and finding new things, and that it's just right up my alley. So I'm a really big fan of the Resident Evil games, they always kind of start off a little scary, and then you you kind of get yourself on the game's level, and then it becomes less so as you go on. Um, But that's probably the top gaming horror franchise for me. But I'll also, just a shout-out to PT, which was the, um, if you remember, it was the demo that was released for PS4, maybe back in, like, 2014 2015 i'm not sure what year it was but it um around like e3 or gamescom or one of the conventions they just kind of surprise dropped it on um on the playstation store and then when you completed it it turned out to be a it was basically like a preview of a new um oh gosh what's the 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 game series um Silent Hill. Uh, Silent Hill. Yes, thank you. It was supposed to be like a preview for Silent Hills, and then that game ended up be- getting canceled. But the PT demo game that came out, I played that with some friends while I was vi- I, that I was visiting. I was out of town, and we played it in a friend's apartment with the lights off, and all of us <laughs> watching one person play it and trying to figure it out, and it was horrifying. Easily one of the <laughs> scariest gaming experiences i've had was that was the demo pt nah man so those are some good those are good picks so i love i love all i I love zombie games whatever i know i know right but yeah left for dead left for dead 2 back for blood all great uh but resident evil resident evil so fun i've played i think one two four five and six and I love them. I've also played like Claude Veronica and some of the Revelation series, but uh, I love them a lot. One of my funniest horror experiences in one of those games, I think, was six. And I was playing with my buddy, uh, my friend Alan. Uh, Gary knows Alan. 
and <laughs> we're in the subways, right? Uh, we're, we're playing split screen style too. We're in the same house. We're in the same room. Uh, and so we're killing zombies in the subway. We're in a subway car. I turn and look at his character with my character and there's a zombie behind him. And I'm like, Oh shit. And he turns around in game and screams at the top <laughs> of his lungs and empties his clip and fails to kill the zombie. And it was, and like, he like woke my parents up. Like it was a whole thing. And <laughs> It was just really fucking fun. But yeah, I love Resident Evil. I will have to say, potentially, Dead Space 1 and 2. Those games, Dead Space 2 specifically, almost made me actually shit my pants. Like, I was, uh, man, it got me so good. I was walking into a room. It was a big open room. I'm like, there's definitely a boss that's about to drop down from the ceiling. Definitely. I walk really far into the room. It doesn't happen. I drop my guard, and then it happens, and it got me. <laughs> it got me so good. But that game's horrifying. Uh, I I love the first and second Dead Space, as you said. And what's crazy is I played both of those around the time they came out and loved them, and I never touched the third one. I never played either. it. I heard it was uh, shit. Yeah, and then they're of course they're doing a remake of the original Dead Space yeah. that I think comes out next year. So I'll probably jump into that, I even beat, though I've played the original a couple times. I beat the first one when it came out. I even did like a hard playthrough. Uh, the second one I started on a hard playthrough because I'm a, uh, a masochist, and <laughs> I I didn't finish it. I put it down, and I beat it actually this year for the first time. Uh, so I played it very recently, and it was a good good. Man, there's a scene where you have to inject a needle into your own eye. It's like a mini game, dude. That scene is bananas, <laughs> and like the the fact that you're kind of going crazy. Uh, also, honorable mention to uh, what is it? Hell's Blade. You know what I'm talking about? I was, I was gonna honorable mention Detroit Beyond Human. It's not necessarily a horror game, but it's. Uh, kind of a sci-fi thriller and it's more uncomfortable and more akin to horror than it is to anything that's friendly or adventure like I love that game there's some truly unsettling moments in it for sure yes I would also like to mention just yeah Hell's Blade yeah that's what it is Sen Senua's Sacrifice uh, and that game they actually brought like psychologists in to simulate oh, a person Hell I think it's just Hellblade no yeah, Hellblade Yes, that's a great game. And yes, that's a perfect example for this too. And it deals with with um mental health and things and it's schizophrenia, yeah. It's uh yeah, it's very fascinating. I, could I only, only play I only it in last year because it triggers my anxiety, but it it's so good. And like if you play with headphones, you can hear people behind you, like all the voice man, it gets overwhelming. And Microsoft uh, bought that studio, so the Hellblade sequel will be an Xbox exclusive. Free on Game Pass. To Game Pass day one, whenever it does come out. I don't know if it's, it'll be next year or or later. I think it's been... They've shown some trailers for it, but that's really been it. So I think they've just been slowly working on it. Yeah, it is a uh, Souls-like kind of game. Uh, but man, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, but yeah, so those are the horror games that I like. That was a good time. Yeah. Call good call bringing it around to uh, to horror games because that's a worthwhile topic too. There's a lot of very good ones, and I like a lot of the kind of walking simulator type ones too that can be 
kind of creepy. Stop by next week to hear us talk about our favorite Thanksgiving games. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, (laughs) uh, That's that's it for me. Yeah, that's that's it for me, too. Uh, Happy Halloween. Yeah, happy Halloween. Everybody have a, uh, you know, a safe safe holiday weekend halloween holiday weekend and if you're listening to this after halloween well i hope i hope it was good for you i hope you had an enjoyable time i hope life's good wherever this finds you uh what do you got gary nothing (laughs) where can you find you gary where can people find you i am the real devil (laughs) you can't find me anywhere except in hell you piece of shit Uh, also at Casualty CDG on Twitter, uh, I'm Jahananon at RockFact on Twitter. Uh, follow us on Fresh Out the Box on YouTube. Uh, follow us on Twitch at uh, Twitch TV uh, slash Jahananon. Uh, YouTube, Facebook, all that good stuff. And yeah, check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can find me uh, at Drew Menhausen on Twitter. Make sure to follow the Fresh Out the Box Twitter account as well. And worth noting, um, we are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and we've recently expanded. We are on Google Podcasts. We are on Amazon uh, Podcasts or Audible. So we are most places where you listen to podcasts. So you got no reason now. You know, listen, listen to our podcast. Check us out. Um, which, if you're listening to this, you already are, so that's great. That's the first step. And uh, otherwise, thank you all for listening. Uh, hit us with hashtag uh, babies drive cars as well. <laughs> and yeah, we'll see you next time.